Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, why does God speak to us? Because we weren't designed to do life alone. Can you imagine God creating Adam and Eve and saying, here's the garden, take care of it, multiply, see in a few billion years. No direction, no communication, no idea how to do life. Now, if you think that's strange, listen, this is how an unbeliever lives. They're confused about life. They have no direction. The one that gives them direction, he's known as the father of lies. If you've lived any length of time on this planet, you know that life is confusing. From childhood onward, the nagging, burning questions come to mind. Who am I? What will I do when I grow up? Many of these questions remain unanswered, even as adults. Pastor Market is teaching today. We'll talk about where the true answers to these questions are found. He'll be telling you about a group of people who thought they'd found the answers, but then had doubts. The writer of Hebrews will assure them that they had found the answers they needed. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 3 as he begins his message, Don't Turn Away from God. Turn in the New Testament to Hebrews chapter 3. As you live, specifically in the United States, although it's a worldwide problem today, getting worse to some degree, you might in your future have one of these kind of exams. This is an actual exam of an actual heart and the arteries. It's called a... 64 slice CT scan. I've had one. Had mine in Singapore. They're now here. It's very interesting because typically you have to have a catheterization which is invasive. Now they're getting very close to where they can just, and it takes about three or four minutes after you get the IV in and whatever, and that scans all of your arteries. They can tell, with my bypass arteries, they could tell which ones were still good and healthy, which ones were open and whatever. The whole purpose of the scan is to detect hardening of arteries, which is one of the major problems we have in the United States because all of the kinds of different foods that we eat never think about long-term what's really taking place, and we're not like our parents or our grandparents specifically, that, you know, got up at four in the morning and farmed till eight o'clock at night, went right to bed and got up the next morning, did the same thing. We have a different lifestyle. The Bible is filled with the word heart. One of the key passages 
Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. That heart is, in the Bible, is the spiritual part of us. It's the center of our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's the center of our intellect. And this heart inside us that God looks at that we can't see, in fact, the Bible says in Jeremiah we can't even really know it, but God can know it, this is where all the decisions of life are made. They move through there. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so notice the challenge in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, you guard your heart. So a lot of our challenges to you are going to be very personal. God's going to speak to us as individuals. Now, very often I don't use the word you when I speak because I want to say we. I want to include myself. But notice... Many of our key points have the word you in it. doesn't mean I'm not included. I certainly am. Now, keep your finger right there in Hebrews and go back to Psalm 95. This is where the writer of the book of Hebrews goes. You'll see that in a moment as we go back to Hebrews chapter 3. But Psalms 95, and we'll scoot on down to that well-known passage 711, Every Jew knew this passage. The reason? It was the opening call to worship in the synagogue every Sabbath. So when you went on the Sabbath to the synagogue, you absolutely know what the opening call to worship was going to be. Look at down in verse 7, kind of halfway in. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in Meribah. As you did that day at Massa in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years I was angry with that generation, and I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath, in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. I'd like to start with that one every service. I mean, that's like right in your face, isn't it? And of course, it's about Israel's history in the wilderness. As a people, they were filled with complaints and idolatry, unbelief. They were pretty rebellious people. This reading was a reminder of kind of that spiritual gene that had passed on to these people. Of course, it didn't just pass on to them. You and I have that gene as well, that gene of rebellion, which is simply sin. Specifically, the Israelites became hard-hearted when they disobeyed God's command to conquer the promised land. They had enough faith. They loved and praised God for delivering them from Egypt after they'd been in the slavery for 400 years. But when they got to the edge of the promised land, they didn't have enough faith to go in. And notice this passage said, you'd seen me and what I can do for you the whole time. Why wouldn't you have faith? So these words would ring in the ears of every person listening as this is the way you would start the service And it would be a challenge to do what? 
to listen to the Word of God. Today, if you hear His voice, listen up. Well, it's the same exhortation that the Holy Spirit is giving us as we go back to Hebrews chapter 3. As we begin, listen up. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. So, as the Holy Spirit says, which we just read, so this was taken from Psalm 95, today, if you hear His voice, here's our first of our key principles. Today, you listen to God's voice. You see, God is still speaking. In fact, He not only speaks here in the sanctuary while somebody's teaching, He's speaking all the time to us. You heard Pastor Dean talk about prayer. Prayer is simply two-way conversation with God. And God is always wanting to talk with us. Now, the word today is very important because the word today means a sense of urgency. You also know, and you've been reminded, and we're very well aware of it, that the only day that we have is right now because we don't know what's going to happen to any of us tomorrow. So whenever God speaks, we should be swift to hear. In other words, unlike our pets or sometimes our children, where you have to call them more than once or raise your voice, or as some parents of old used to do, when you heard your first and your middle name, you better get headed home right now, hadn't you? Well, you don't want God to go, Mark Lee! Okay, God, I got your attention. I'm here, ready to go. We don't want that. Now, how does God speak today? Well, He speaks, obviously, through the Word of God. He speaks through our conscience. He speaks through other believers. He speaks through pastor teachers. He even speaks through unbelievers from time to time. That's humbling to us. And he speaks through circumstances, closed and open doors. Now when he speaks, just like any time we speak, the Holy Spirit gives direction, he corrects, he encourages, and sometimes he even convicts, as some of us will see. Now why does God speak to us? Because we weren't designed to do life alone. Can you imagine God creating Adam and Eve and saying, here's the garden, take care of it, multiply, see in a few billion years. No direction, no communication, no idea how to do life. Now, if you think that's strange, listen, this is how an unbeliever lives. They're confused about life. They have no direction. The one that gives them direction, he's known as the father of lies. And he's out to destroy them. So an unbeliever struggles. A believer doesn't. We have the will and the word of God. Number two, today you understand that unbelief leads to a hard heart. Look at verse 8. Do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. 
All right, keep your finger there. Go back to the second book of the Bible, book of Exodus. What is the writer alluding to? Why does he keep going back to the history of the Jews? Well, let's remind yourself now. Who is the book of Hebrews written to? Jews who have left Judaism, become followers of Christ, situated somewhere in Italy, probably. We don't know the city. And as they're there, they're being tempted to go back to Judaism. So the writer is pointing out that Jesus, Christianity, is better, 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 better in all these different ways. So he goes back to a history that they're well aware of. Exodus chapter 17, verse 1. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. And they said, Thanks a lot, Moses. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord answered Moses, Walk on ahead of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. And I will stand there before you by the rock of Oreb. Strike the rock, and the water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Manasseh and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled, and because they tested the Lord, saying, Here's the big thing underlined in your Bible. Is the Lord among us or not? That's a huge question of unbelief. What do you mean, is the Lord with us or not? I mean, this is the same God that had the cloud by day and the fire by night. This is the same God that supernaturally, with all of the plagues, allowed them to be released. And here they go. Is the Lord among us or not? When you and I hit difficult places in life, things don't seem right, we're filled with questions. The enemy puts this question in our mind. Well, if God cares for us, where is he? What's the deal? Look at the thing. I mean, here's all the things that are against us. Here's one thing that's for me. But where is God in all this? Well, that's unbelief. I mean, for us in the New Testament... We have a great promise. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. It's a promise from God. But their question was, we're thirsty. Doesn't seem to be a solution. (laughs) Whatever. Now, we can't be too prideful. Because I won't ask who this week grumbled, but I'll move right past that. At Mirabah, Their complaints just, well, you know, you saw them. They had trusted God to deliver them every step of the way, but here they, for some reason, unbelief starts getting in their life. In Numbers 13, 
You remember the deal? We won't need to turn there. It gets worse. You remember what happened? You can turn back to Hebrews chapter 3. In Numbers 13 and 14, God said to the leaders of Israel, pick out 12 men, 12 spies, one from each tribe, send them into the promised land to explore the land. I want to show you that it's absolutely incredible. So for 40 days, the spies went in, people were waiting, probably upwards of at least 2 million people. They went out from the desert and went south and north and went through the whole promised land. You know the 12 spies came back. It was a land, well, impossible to describe. Although they brought some grapes back, you know, and the huge, I mean, big suckers. Can you imagine the seeds in those guys? Look like our watermelon. Well, they brought it back and pomegranates and figs and all kinds of stuff, and it was prosperous. And so they had the little review. What's the deal? You know the story. Ten of the twelve gave a critical, faithless review. They said that the land was untakeable, no chance to inhabit it. In fact, they said, we're like grasshoppers in the eyes of these giants, and God isn't big enough to free us, to enable us to take a land when we're grasshoppers. Now, Caleb stepped up to the plate. And Caleb, and of course, Joshua, as you know, were the two that said, well, no, that's wrong. Yet, certainly we understand there's giants here. We see that, but that's not a problem for God. God's told us to take it. We need to just dare to believe God and step out. So, remember what God was doing here. Two things very important that you clarify what's taking place. God, well, he puts us through difficult times. He tests us to bring out the best in us, to mature us. So tests are like spiritual exercise, lifting weights. Without the test, our faith doesn't grow. just doesn't grow. If you don't do any kind of weight training at all, a few little things, push-ups, whatever, as you get older, it affects your back, your bones, and hips. Lots of people end up with broken hips. They end up in nursing homes, all things, because we... Simply have an exercise. Well, spiritually, it's the very same thing. God allows tests to come into our life so that we can step back and go, God, I have to, I have to throw all my weight on you. I, I, how am I going to get through this? And God matures it. Now, on the other hand, Satan tempts us. He tempts us for one reason, to bring out the worst. And this is exactly what we see here. Caleb and Joshua see it as a test. Go for it. God's going to deliver us. The other ten spies, and of course, in a moment, all the rest of the people go, this is crazy. We're not going to go in there and get blown away. And what that failure does, they looked upon it as a temptation. This is crazy. And what happens? They will die. All of them, except for these two, will die. Now, lots of times... We're around people who can be a little critical and a little negative. I was reading a story about Robert Fulton when he tested his first time he tested his steamboat. It said that this is a true story. People were on the shore. Of course, they'd never seen anything like this before. And as he had his steamboat out there, they began to chant, 
It'll never start. It'll never start. It'll never start. That's encouraging, isn't it? When you come out to watch the thing you've been working on all your life. Interesting, the true story is this. When it started and began to move, what do you think these people said? Here's exactly what they said. It'll never stop. It'll never stop. It'll never stop. Now that's the kind of people you want to circle yourself and have good friends with, isn't it? Something's always wrong. Well, that's exactly what happened here. Look at Numbers 14. But the whole assembly, after they got together and heard the two reports, the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of the meeting to all the Israelites. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to, here it is, to believe in me, in spite of all the miraculous signs I performed among them? So, here's a long thing to write. But you'll notice the procession and the progression of this next statement. A hard heart. How in the world do we get this? Well, it starts with unbelief. God can't do this. It'll never work. He promised it, but I know it's not going to happen to me. And then unbelief just moves. It kind of, it can lead this way. It can actually go both ways. Grumbling, negativism, critical spirit, division, disobedience. All those things, you start mixing them up. They all come from unbelief. We can't do it. We've never done it this way before. God can't be in that. you got to be kidding me. This is something new. And so, unbelief, remember, the church struggles with this a lot. Because the church, like these people, we become hardened wine bottles or containers. And remember, you can't pour fresh wine in an old hardened wine container. It bursts. And so, I remember back in the 80s, Early 80s when Malcolm came from Costa Mesa and brought contemporary Christian music. You've heard me talk about it before. Well, the, the container in Brevard County, we were the talk of the town. Oh, we weren't the good talk of the town. We were devil worshipers. We were all of this kind of stuff, all these weird things. Even simple things, you remember... Other than the Catholic Church, we were the first Protestant church in Brevard County, here at Calvary Chapel, to start a Saturday night service. Oh, I can remember the emails. It's not on the Sunday. What are you doing worshiping on a Saturday night? I mean, things you wouldn't even think about today. And now, on a Saturday night, what? It's like a happening service. You know, God said, well, maybe I will show up. It's going to be all right. We laugh, but the older we get, well, we didn't didn't do it like that in the 60s. And you have to be very careful, because not only the old ticker that gets hard, the old brain gets a little hard as well. So be careful as we go through this. In his teaching today, Pastor Mark talked about your spiritual heart. He taught about the importance the Bible places on you protecting your spiritual heart. You found out some of the things that can go wrong with you ending up in bitterness. This bitterness can lead you to walking away from God. Pastor Mark talked about the lifestyle you should adopt to prevent this drifting away. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue this message, Don't Turn Away From God. You'll hear about the ancient Israelites who spent a lot of their time grumbling against God and Moses. You'll learn what led them to grumble and complain, and you'll be challenged to examine yourself to see if you're acting out some of the same traits. You'll find out how to stop that complaining and to live right with God. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series in Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.